Hey guys, we're back. Okay, the gain was a little up. All right, welcome to Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit. This is the officially unlicensed, the only, excuse me, officially unlicensed Infinite Just fan cast. Uh, my name is Jared. With me as always is Steve, and um, I got some, I got some gut wrenching, heartbreaking news to deliver to people right off the bat. Um, a lot of people, thousands of people, have been emailing. Wow, saying you know what happened? You were gone for a week. We, you know, we needed our pod. We needed our DFWAG. We needed to know what was happening in the world of, of literature, of arts and culture, of, you know, as, we, as we've been one to lately, you know, STEM and, uh, and, and geopolitical comings and goings. And, um, you know, Steve doesn't even know about this yet. This is something that, you know, I had to take a, a, my sojourn from the podcast. And oh, wow. um, I almost don't even want to talk about it here because it's so personal. But um, being that there was such an outpouring of, of concern and support, I will say, um, I had a toothache. I had a, I had a toothache, mighty fine toothache, and uh, really put me out of commission for a long period. I was here holed up at the, uh, in, a, in a hotel paid for by the David Foster Wallace and Gromit uh, Industries, LLC, and um, you know, really just nursing myself back to health slowly but surely, you know? It's hard, you know, it's hard. It's hard to drink a lot of liquids when you have a, when you have a toothache, when you have a hot and cold sensitivity, you know, you become dehydrated, you're on, you're eating soft foods and soft foods only. I mean, I was, I was really beside myself and, um, you know, if we can maybe just get a, a prayers up for Jared going viral, maybe a hashtag pray, pray for me or a hashtag pray for Jared, or maybe a, um, a prayers up DFWAG, any of those hashtags going viral, I would really appreciate that as we, uh, as we move forward. This Memorial a, Day weekend, maybe a pray for Big J. Yeah, maybe pray, a pray for, for Big J. Sort of a rhyme. A P P four Elliot style. Yeah, P four B J. If we can get a hashtag P four B J going, I would really appreciate that. Um, you know, we're here on the coming up on the tail end of Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I haven't had a chance Absolutely. to to celebrate in any way, shape, or form due to this debilitating um, toothache you know these these circumstances this malady that I'm, I'm suffering through and i am suffering you know and i do and i do deserve the sympathy and the the this outpouring of support that has been uh, bestowed upon me um you know as i've been wanting to say before you know i'm the baby gotta love me and this is certainly one of those instances in which i am the baby and i do require the love that i uh, deserve and have earned um <clears throat> steve how have you been I'm not going to edit that out. Go on. It's been, uh, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit out you going pretzel mode. I surely, I, 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 you fucking kidding me right now. I have a two, I have a toothache. I can't eat a pretzel and you're just going to sit there casually. Laissez faire. Just incredible. I'm unaware. Well, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Uh, I wasn't aware that Jared had a toothache and I will be sending prayers his way. And that yeah. is in terms of, you know, in the form of um, typing it out on my on my screen and and pressing enter. And yeah. that is that is my uh, that is my prayer uh, for Jared, that the tooth that the tooth be dispelled mm -hmm. and removed completely. I would I would even venture to say and that is a you know, that is drastic times call for drastic measures, I would say, but. You know, if a tooth aches, yeah, you know what they say, if the shoe fits, wear it. If a tooth aches, pull it, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. 
Sure. I mean, I will be for everyone out there who's, uh, you know, devastated by this news. I will be going to the dentist this week. Um, on the, uh, on Wednesday, on Wednesday. So I, you know, I'll actually be including in the show notes, the location my, of my dentist of the, of the practice so that people can come and support me, bring signs, noisemakers, a candle, a candlelight vigil uh, Ooh, as, I'm, as I'm outside there that afternoon and, and seeing what's going on. We're going x-ray mode. We're going, I think we're going x-ray cleaning fluoride and, um, just a little general inspection. It is possible that nothing's the matter that it was just one of those, like, you know, what do you call it? Like stress-based or a um, psychosomatic ailment, what have you, but uh, pretty scared, you know, pretty scared. This is, this could be a life-threatening operation. This could be a, a life-changing moment for me, a real pivotal moment in my life and my ability to podcast. And, um, you know, again, if we could just get that P4BJ hashtag going, really appreciate that. Um, you know, Steve, I don't want to, I don't want to harp too much on this sort of, uh, melancholy absolutely you know, and i do want to say for the record i do mm-hmm. want to clarify that i have multiple times told jared given him the words of warning not to bite down so hard on on wooden nickels mm-hmm. to check and see if they're real but i'll tell you what he keeps he kept on doing it and maybe that's caught up he's got some splinters in his teeth right so right you know, i gotta i gotta say on record you know on pod in front of millions yeah millions of listeners that uh you know old, old steve you know old steve did come through with some some fair advice mm-hmm. uh as per usual so yeah no you know what it's crazy you are absolutely 100 correct that is my bad i guess i guess i need to spank it now absolutely my bad guess i need to spank him so um, oh, maybe change your change your prayers. No, Steve, you're absolutely correct. Guys. No, you know what? You're absolutely correct. It's no, it's just one more. It's crazy. I feel like every time we get on this pod, Steve is always just correcting me in one way or another. I love I love being able to be on a podcast. You know, be sort of the underling to the foremost public intellectual. And I guess yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I've spoken out of turn. Guess I need a spanking. Um, let's talk about Almost. the trend report for June. Most have been wrong before. Not everybody can be right all the time. Right. So this does take expertise. It does take, let's call it a little bit of uh, stat knowledge and uh, stats expertise. And uh, I will say that some of us have it. And if, you know, if, if that's what you're lenient on uh, one of these days, it'll, it'll come back. And uh, to that, I say on with the trend report, let's uh, let's hear what the experts down at, uh, DFWAG have to say about what's hot, what's not, what's in, what's out. Jared, back to you. So we're doing the trend report a day early this time around because it is Memorial Day weekend, and um, it being it being a Monday, we're not going to have a chance to discuss this until you know at least partially through June. So uh, this is the June 2021 trend report. This is slid across my desk this morning here at the uh, again. I'm at the Four Seasons put up by. Thank you so much to Dave Foster, Wallace, and Gromit Labs. Uh, people for, for putting me up here to nurse my toothache until I'm better. And this is the trend report, of course, June 2021. You guys know oh, the rules. We're going to be going okay. category by category. Steve will have time to respond and wax poetic. Absolutely. Starting with food and drink. In, pudding slash jello. Out, white claw or any other sort of uh, spiked or alcoholic seltzer uh, beverage, malt seltzer beverage. Steve, your thoughts. Alcoholic seltzer, uh, you know, that is an interesting, and so now I suppose my question for the, for the good uh, scientists and researchers down at the labs uh, would be, 
is homemade included? Are you out allowed to spike your own seltzer? No, that would be out as well. Are, are, you never had a White Claw? I've I have never had a White Claw. I, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is like I'm it's like um alcoholic. Picture picture like a Mike's Heart or something. You know, this is like uh as of the past couple of years, as people know, I mean, you know, way back there was Zima and stuff, but as of the past couple of years, we have these malted seltzer kind mm. of drinks, flavorless alcoholic drinks, or you know, like mm. fruit flavors, whatever. Like a like a or even perhaps again, we're talking about P uh P four B J, maybe like a, a what's it called a uh, a B and J wine cooler, same concept. Hmm. Um, and they are 100% out for the month of June. People talk about their summertime plans and their outdoor barbecue plans. And I hope this year it's including a little bit of pudding and a little bit of jello and a little less white claw. Absolutely. Pudding, pudding for me is in, and that is including chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, all the classic flavors mm-hmm. that we do know and love. Tapioca, rice, abs- absolutely, bread. Absolutely. Bread, pudding, bread, uh, banana. Uh, well, certainly, I would say uh, that would be included. A lot of fruit puddings, a lot of really wonderful, rich flavors, and I, and so we do appreciate yeah. pudding, banana pudding with vanilla. So uh, here, Steve, let me ask you something. What's your favorite pudding? Because I'm, I got to go banana pudding with vanilla wafer. You know, I can't go wrong with a chocolate pudding. I, in fact, look at this. Look at this. I enjoyed a chocolate pudding last night. I enjoyed a chocolate pudding with a little Cool Whip and a, and a couple Oreos Absolutely. made soggy by the pudding at the bottom of the cup. To ring in the new month. Ring in the new month. Well, Absolutely. sort of the, the toothache special, the Memorial Day toothache special. Um, now, moving I on. I do to- want to make one clarification about the White Claw seltzer mix. That does not include the Ocean Spray line. Uh, that no, because that's not sparkling. That is a that's a sparkling. bottled wine juice combination. It's Just not want to clarify malted, that for right. the listeners. That, right. that is that is not included in the out category. That is a double in. That uh, is a double in. It is spray Bernay for May spray. and it is spray Bernay for June. It is spray Bernay for the rest of our lives. <laughs> you know, a wise man once said. These are these are the stories of our lives, and the, those stories begin and end with a with an ocean spray spray Bernay. I mean, yeah, we'll, we're going spray Bernay for as long as we can, or at least until that corporate funding drops out. Um, moving on into Absolutely. entertainment, entertainment, everyone uh, in the cinnamon challenge, as well as the ice bucket challenge, or any other sort of viral uh, stunt or viral challenge video. Out. Absolutely uh tiktok we're not doing any little dances we're not lip syncing to songs we're do we're eating six saltines and without water we're Never eating a spoonful were, of frankly. cinnamon without water absolutely um steve we your thoughts like, on this yeah absolutely we are we we were never dancing in truth we we never were dancing or singing or or uh any of that um but we were always uh, partaking in the cinnamon challenge and that never was out and that is in as far as the eye can see the cinnamon challenge and the saltine uh, challenge the and, ALS the, ice and the ice challenge. bucket challenge any i mean anything for a good cause uh, so, uh you know uh, awareness for the for the community uh the community that supports uh education regarding you know the education of sign language the education of uh all types of language yeah and the asl the asl ice bucket challenge yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. the asl uh ice bucket challenge and that is because we do support 
language education, sign language education, and awareness of such, <clears throat> as well as the the sensitivity of the taste buds to the the poisons of cinnamon. And so we support all the causes that are brought about by online virtual reality VR challenges. Yeah, if I could just say something, you know, what's the deal with because it was the it was the ALS ice bucket challenge. They never called it Lou Gehrig's ice bucket challenge. And I got to assume it's because Lou created it and then said that he didn't need to do it. And I just want to give I mean, this is sort of a reckoning for Lou Gehrig for not participating in his own challenge. And it's kind of fucked up. This is I mean, look, honestly, we're saying it first. This is breaking news as part of the trend report. Lou Gehrig is canceled for 20 money one. Did Lou um, speak sign language? Or Braille, maybe? Yeah, probably Braille. He probably had it all over the bat. Uh, you know, that's the secret. Yeah, the pitcher would... The uh, Or not the pitcher, eh, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, it's bad bits, stupid, piss me the fuck off. Anyway, um, <clears throat> all right, moving on to fashion. Um, oh, also, you know what? Toothache's giving say... you a bit of a temper there. No, no. it's your bad attitude. Uh, no, I wanted to say. I, I don't have a bad attitude. I've got. A... It's your bad That's... attitude. It's your bad attitude. Well, I've got as good of a tude as you can get. Um, you were saying how we should focus on any sort of challenge that's, uh, you know, working towards social raising betterment. awareness. Yeah. Raising awareness, social betterment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that we shouldn't exclude things that are for, that are social detriments and are, uh, you know, incendiary and damaging to society. If we okay. want to think back to like your classic boom gang challenge where uh boom gang yeah, would go into a business know. and like steal something. Or if we all recall that classic vine trend, put them in a coffin where they'd go into a store and like knock down a bunch of stuff off an aisle. That's pretty good. Um, I'm not aware of this. Those classic like world star fight videos. I think if we could bring back any of these sort of things, I think that's that's look. Welcome to my soapbox. My polemic currently is that in American society, we've allowed ourselves to become so neutered as to you know you see people fighting in the street, and it's like whoa we got to intervene. You know harm reduction. You know don't call the police. On and on and on. I want to go back to the day and age where we're it's phones out immediately. It's world star, world star. And it's people jumping in to get a little cute photo off with people brawling in the background. I think we need to go back to that classic day and age. That I want to go back to a 2014 America. I think it's high time. Anyway, moving on. Uh, fashion. Steve, are you ready? As ready as I can be. In mules. I'm talking about a slip-on, ideally, leather shoe or suede. Um, rubber sole, if you can help it. Maybe a little like Western wear set. Yeah, go ahead and Google mule. Mule shoe. M-U-L-E-S. Mule's shoe. Are you looking it up? Okay, what are you saying? Can you describe to the listener what you're saying? It's sort of, sort of a clog. Kind of. Lower to the ground, though. Somewhere between a clog and a slipper. Nurse's clog. No, not a nurse's clog. Not like a Dansko. Easy wear. Nurse's clogs. Okay, you're looking at something else. Anyway, so that's in. Everyone who's listening will know what a mule is, and mules are in. Out? Steve, I really hate to be the bearer of this bad news. Glasses of any kind. Bifocal, sunglasses, for glasses for regular scene, they are out. Um, no more looking like a damn four-eyed dweeb in 20 Money One. It's out. Steve, your thoughts? Absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, they, uh, they, it is a weight. It's wearing a weight on your head. 
Yeah. And nobody wants to wear a weight on their head unless they want to strengthen their neck, which is absurd because mm-hmm. you don't have any reason to strengthen your neck. Well, you want to strengthen your neck, do a damn deadlift. I would rather do a live lift because mm-hmm. I prefer life over yeah. death. Yeah, you'd just re- you'd rather bite your pretzel and be contrarian. Uh, anyway, moving on to activities in tinkering that now sorry hold on if everyone listening i don't just i don't want to you know in media res here when i say tinkering i'm also including fiddling and puttering okay i'm not talking about real diy home renovation product projects i'm talking about maybe you're you're you know here you know i'm drawing with this here pen and then i i go to click it a couple times something's run afoul i'm taking it apart i'm fiddling with it i'm fiddling with the damn ink Maybe I, you know, maybe I, I, the printer's jam. What am I doing? I'm taking it apart. I'm tinkering. I'm cleaning the, 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 the inkjet nozzles, whatever. Uh, out, getting vaccinated. We're done. Enough people have. I'm sick of it. Um, you know, we don't need to do this to ourselves. Herd immunity. It's a, it's a pandemic. Um, Steve, your thoughts. Steve, your thoughts. <laughs> supposed to be talking about books and we will be we have to read emails too <laughs> we have a lot on our docket today okay what was in what was out i can't remember out tinkering, was vaccines tinkering no in vaccines tinkering. are steve vaccines are in tinkering is in getting vaccines as an activity as something you would enjoy doing is out getting vaccines out we're no more getting vaccinated this is not an anti-vaccine podcast Okay. It's an anti-getting vaccinated podcast. <laughs> okay. That, like for me, it's kind of like, oh, I support it. I like it. It's not for me though. I'm good. I Good for you? Proud of you? Good job? I'm good though. I'm different. Uh, yeah. You know, I... Again, we, for everyone listening, we did not create these. The good people over at the Dave Foster Wallace and Gromit <laughs> Lab created these. So, uh, you know, we don't necessarily agree with what's being said here. It's just this is the trend report. It is what it is. So I, I'll ignore the out, but I'll, I'll, I will address the in. Well, you have to address the in and the out. <laughs> okay. So for the in, does mm-hmm. that include uh, as a profession? Um, Sure. For example, for those... Uh, watch repair shops mm-hmm. yeah i think that's fine i mean i'm sort of when i read this i'm envisioning like a hobbyist tinkerer you know okay. but at the same time it could also be sort of like your uh, inspector gadget you know someone who's a who's a real master of their craft yeah <laughs> i mean that's a bit mm-hmm. different than somebody who runs a watch repair shop uh, it's about the same <laughs> about the same and for the out Okay. I mean, Inspector Gadget, doesn't he fight crime? Uh, Go-Go Gadget. What is it? Go-Go Gadget. I mean, he does do a lot of Go-Go Gadgeting, but when I think about Inspector Gadget, I'm mostly thinking about the gizmos and and gears and gadgets and who's it's and what's it's. I'm picturing more of like a tinkering kind of, I'm picturing sort of like a Rube Goldberg machine to to make some toast, you know? That might be really a hot tip for July. Rube Goldberg machines might be in. Uh, absolutely you having fun on google over there i'm not no, it's uh 
just double checking the go inspector gadget catchphrase and that is in fact go go gadget oh it's go go gadget yeah of course um all right last but not least celebrities go go in- gadget vaccine imagine no. that what if he had vaccines for more fingers? like more like no no gadget vaccine <laughs> Um, what about what about uh, go go get? Here's a question. Here's a question. Do dentists count as tinkerers? They do be tinkering in my damn mouth. Because um, I tell you, your uh, your upcoming visit could be indeed a chance for someone to jump in on the latest trend, and that is in terms of uh, tinkering in your mouth with your teeth. yeah well i can tell you right now i mean after having gotten the vaccine myself i'm someone who's definitely tinkering puttering fidgeting and fiddling this i can tell you that right now okay. <laughs> listener listener read into that what you will um celebrities in steve local legend cisco morris aka cisco the gardener absolutely absolutely okay absolutely that, sight yeah. on that nothing needs to be said about that local legend the man about town himself um, out Bashar al-Assad, Syrian president, current, current sitting Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad. Steve, your thoughts. Let me, let me double check about, uh, double check some info here. Bashar al-Assad mm-hmm. is in or out? Out. What? Can we, can we go through that one more time? One more time. In Cisco Morris, AKA Cisco the gardener. Out Bashar al-Assad. Okay, so Bashar's out, Cisco's in, and we'll have to we'll have to go through them one more time so that everybody can remember. Oh, all of them? Yeah. No. Let's get our I'm let's get a quick that. quick nah, run not, through. Nah, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. Okay, but the fidgeting, fidgeting. What was it? Fidgeting ticks? No, tinkering, fiddling, fidgeting, and uh, puttering. And puttering. Yeah. Okay. Like walk around the ha- walk around the house with yeah, your hands put- in your pockets, putting. kind of kicking at the carpet. Yeah. Sort of putting. No, not putting. Not golf. Puttering. Putting, putting around. Aimlessly. Yeah. No thoughts. Like having a little, like for example, having a little go kart. For example. Anyway, we got some emails from the listeners this week. Let's uh. Let's get right into that. Um, all right. So first and foremost, we got important correspondence from Chef Jeff. Um, for everyone oh, wow. listening, we will include that. So he said, I better get some money for this, fellows. Uh, my summer plan of hunting endangered big game isn't going to pay for itself. Steve, you have absolutely seen the attached image. And um, we will be including it in the uh, show notes. I'll go ahead and upload it to Imger, Imger, whatever. Um, absolutely. It, it's exactly what we talked about. I mean, it's what... It's what we had asked of Chef Jeff before to uh, reach into his uh, archives and 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 retrieve for us this photo of the three of us uh, enjoying our spray Bernay, and it's uh, with uh, Oleander and and Owen Ocean Spray, and uh, we really appreciate that. And you know, uh, it just means so much to us that we can call upon the silent third mic, Chef Jeff, to provide for us in our time of need, uh, namely with uh with archival photographs and images that we've been you know that we ourselves have lost that have been lost to time uh thanks to some poor record keeping over at dave foster wallace and gromit labs and uh, industries llc um absolutely you know it is an image of it is an image that is sort of the ansel adams you know it is sort of the norman 
Norman Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. uh, in the Norman the Rockwell and Adams of of modern photography really depicting uh, the lives of three terribly misunderstood mm-hmm. uh, intellectuals. Sure. And so we do appreciate all that Chef Jeff has put into, uh, you know, uh, depicting our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so make sure to check that out. Yeah. Uh, now, Steve, a little email that you probably were not expecting to go ahead and share my screen with you. Oh, boy. I'm looking at an email here from one Gustavo Rubino Ernesto. Big fan list of favorites. Now, this is a rich, this will be, oh, there we go. Rich talking point. Uh, hey, Jay. What is up, pal? I need some assistance with my ESL method. I need to introduce text to students and I need short stories. Which one of all the short stories you guys have read for the show would suit a beginner student? Thanks, JJ. With much love and heart and ass, yours, Gugu. Steve, that's a million dollar question. What, what have we read for the podcast that would be great for ESL students? I can think of one in particular. I can think of one too, and maybe we, maybe I should uh, jump into my suggestion, and that is the Six Fingers of Time by R.L. Lafferty. And luckily for those listening, that is what we'll be discussing. Okay, well, today. I was going to say I was going to say the Prophet. Um, I thought we were going to say it at one, two, three, say it at the same time. I didn't realize that you the Six Fingers of Time would be terrible for an ESL student. It yeah. What are you talking about? The Prophet would be perfect. Learn about Baha'i, gain a little worldly insight. Um, One could say. Okay, here's the thing. Gustavo has reached out to us in his time of need and needs a legitimate and a very serious suggestion. I would say... For a beginner student, none of them... I mean, are we being serious about this or are we... Yeah, we're being serious. He has ESL students that need help. Okay, so none of them, but we can suggest other things. For example, oh, hold on. No, what about Rolled we... Doll? No, sure. re- read Rolled Doll. Read Fantastic Mr. Fox. Read the original uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Rolled Doll is a great beginner. Also, for those of you who are trying to learn another language, so long as it is a common or popular language, French, Spanish. Uh, I'm trying to learn me in an unpopular language. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. You know. No, what wait, I mean. but what about like uh, we you read... could very easily find rolled doll books sure. in yeah. foreign languages. Successful. And I highly recommend that if you're looking to sort of cognitively piece together. If we're giving serious answers, rolled doll. Yeah, absolutely. Rolled but doll. We for but English we haven't read speakers. that for the show. Yeah, but we. Can't but we. But we read Edgar Allan Poe for the show. That's well, great for ESL was... too. It's not not for beginners. Yeah, but I we mean, don't know I was if they're trying beginners. to give a I was trying to give a joke answer with the six fingers of time, but if we want to actually give legitimate suggestions, um, I mean, what about Laura Ingalls Wilder and Louise May Alcott? What about uh, I guess those are the classics? What about the yeah, Boxcar Gustavo, Children, the Hardy Boys? Nancy Gustavo, Drew. shoot us a shoot us an email and let us know what the literacy rate you know, the literacy or like the English retention and, and understanding of these students would be. Well, no, because uh, yeah, I think you're, you're right with like the road doll and stuff. Sure. But that's really no different than saying like, Oh, a good English book is one, uh, you know, uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I, I think Old he would be is actual sentences. It's not Dr. Seuss. Oh, uh, Dr. Seuss is actual sentences. I mean, okay. Yeah, uh, but it's fantastical. Thinking about everything. Rolled doll is actually about something. 
I would say Ultramarine was probably the best thing that he could have chosen. No, I think okay, now, no, we're, I think, now uh, we're giving joke. No, no now but I think joke I think answers. well hold on, because I'm picturing Thomas Pynchon is mine. Um uh, well, because it's not hard to comprehend. Yeah, so that's the thing. If he wants a good if you want something for good, that's a rich vein of discussion, assuming assuming they can read English at what, a middle school level? Didn't he say first graders? He didn't say first graders, did he? I need some blah, 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 introduce know. text to students of all that. No, he didn't suit. Oh, suit a beginner student. Okay, a beginner student. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's not a first grader. That could be anywhere from a kindergartner to a sixth grader. I mean, I know that it's first grader, but okay. Oh, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Um, um, yeah. Wait, are they first graders or do they have a first grade English understanding? No, <laughs> no, they're 50. They're like 57. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm kidding. Okay. No, no, he's 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 teaching he's teaching first graders. Currently. Huh. Currently his students are he's he said he has sort of a first grade class. Man, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we've really read anything. At least that's what is that's what oh things that I have read. His curriculum, yeah. his curriculum and his kind of formulated um uh, uh yeah not curriculum because he hasn't made it his curriculum but his kind of hypothesizing and his kind mm -hmm. of preparations course preparations are first maybe second grade <laughs> if i were to recommend something seriously unfortunately we haven't read any of it but i would say maybe check out goosebumps because they've definitely been translated sure i think that's probably the way to go i mean Plus, goosebumps are in english originally no, right, but I'm saying if if any of them proved too challenging, you could always have like the teacher copy. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the student true. copy in English and you can kind of thumb through. I mean, obviously he speaks great English, but you could you could kind of like thumb through and offer a little bit of aid or whatever, what have you. I mean, those are definitely like I would think I would assume that that's better than trying to jump in with again in terms of like mass production and accessibility, like a Harry Potter or something. But in terms of what we read for the pod, it's too advanced think, for not for this case. Yeah, I think for what we've read for the pod, it's it's tough to say. I think we've gone out of our way more often than not, except for with some of the early things like the Jimmy Buffett stories and Poe, and um, when we read was not like, first grade. Though. No, I, that's what I'm saying. But those are still like the simplest things we've read. But otherwise, we've kind of gone out of our way to pick stuff that's going to be a little more dynamic. I mean, we could just say, yeah, read Beckett. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> go crazy but no i think goosebumps is my i stand by that Can't i stand by fantastic mr fox by roll doll definitely maybe a little shell silverstein that has co well shell yeah shell silverstein actually is, is also good because that has more it's larger scale pictures and stuff like that that's a good yeah. option yeah for sure maybe a little maybe a little ayn rand <laughs> I mean, you can never go wrong with Iron Rain. Maybe gra should they should they uh, pick up the pick up the old Gravity's Rainbow from from sure. Barnes and from Barnes and Noble Brazil. I think that'd be a good Barnes Noble dot All right, uh, Steve, you want to talk about you want to talk about the six fingers of time? Absolutely. It you know. <clears throat> It, you know, it, it is sort of the perfect book for a first grade ESL course, and that is why we read it for this week. Mm -hmm. uh, it is by uh, R.A. Lafferty, 
who is sort of the forgotten classic of U.S. short story writers. Um, is he really, or is that your opinion? I suppose a little bit of both. I'm not sure. Well, no, I mean, is is this someone who is so? I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about our our old friend R.A. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was sort of an it was sort of an underground, an underground choice. Ah, I mean, sort of your classic underground choice. Could it could have been? I I guess okay. so. I don't know. I was kind of, I was slightly aware of R.A. Lafferty. I'd read some stuff, including uh, the weirding, the weirdest world or something like that. The weirding world or the weirdest world, mm-hmm. and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, Texas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And things like that, but I hadn't yet read *The Six Fingers of Time*, and I guess that one's popular. So, really, what it's the premise is he plays a lot with kind of sci-fi concepts, but then obscures them into you know it's very experimental in that sense. And this is from a while ago, maybe '60s and '70s, kind of in that in that prime sci-fi era. Let's yeah. call it the first the sci-fi days, the sci-fi the glory days. Big wave of like um, sure. weird fiction. Sure. Yeah. Sort of the Harlan Ellison yeah. era. Though though Lafferty was uh, compared to Ellison, grounded, more grounded for sure, as we saw with, mm-hmm. with the Six Fingers of Time. I mean, conceptually, it's fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so basically, our protagonist... Name of can't remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, I don't remember either. Yeah, geez. Well, because we read this, so we read this in a pre-toothache world. That's the thing. Yeah, we read this a while ago. Anyways, protagonist basically effectively wakes up to time moving extremely slow, a hundred times slower than it should be, to the point that he yeah. thinks that people are dead while standing. Right. So effectively, this is by accident. He kind of causes a ruckus in in a couple scenes with people driving cars trying to figure out what you know what on earth is going on and he then discovers he, it sort of clicks when he goes to work mm-hmm. and he uses that time and it's prefaced as well uh with him being a bit uh worried about his workload for the day and that's kind of very very immediately mentioned to us so he goes and he gets so much work done And then he sort of realizes or understands that time is very slowly going. And he falls asleep and wakes up to the first person coming in for the day. He's kind of confused, sort of starting to understand what's going on. Um, And his colleague, his colleague uh, tells him the day and the time. And sure enough, right? Sure enough, in waking up on his way to work, he actually spent about a full day doing work for, yeah, I don't know, to him, some 20 hours straight, understanding that it was just an hour which had passed. Yeah. In any case, uh, the story goes as, as he goes on as he visits the doctor, and the doctor uh, finds an odd parallel with somebody who was in a car who had their like steering wheel pulled by a ghost, according to them. And that also coincided with the story of how he went over to see if the guy was driving and twitched the steering wheel or something like that and caused him pulled to the handbrake, 
pulled the handbrake. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, these types of things. And so this this kind of psychiatrist is saying, oh, that's strange, because I had someone in today who said they saw a ghost and and this sort of thing. And they said, uh, you know, I've had a couple people tell me about this happening to them or something similar. But uh, be wary because they were dead within the next year or less. Basically, he, he ends up meeting a man who, who tells him that you can harness the ability to do this and he's done it and he, you know, refills the, this, the protagonist's glass for him five times in the night without him seeing and realizes this is true in fact not a myth he learns to control it and he abuses it effectively for his own gain yeah and to learn about everything everything and to read books and to study and to become effectively this kind of omnipotent omniscient figure uh only to finally understand that people are saying you look so old because he's actually aging and then he dies uh very soon after yeah of course bringing us back to the parallel of the psychiatrist's patients who had come in with similar stories who had then died about a year later without anybody knowing it because effectively time was actually going by for them but not for the world outside so Mm -hmm. it's sort of this kind of time goof uh, sci-fi concept but in in a worldly setting yeah which well, is also the case i would say with with his, his other, other books yeah. yeah his other well, stories it's, are it's like you said pretty it's, much um, the same it's very grounded in that it's like a it's a fundamentally human story it's a very classic race against time i mean his his very twilight zone sure i mean his pursuit of knowledge is it's fueled by wanting to understand why uh what they say extra digital people people with an addition because he has a, a sort of sixth finger um or like a split thumb why extra digital people uh might have this ability to accelerate through time and he is trying to figure this out he's trying to race against a sort of figurative or, or more or less literal demon who smells of the sure. pit smells of sulfur is uh you know representative of of time catching up with him because he's refusing to take whatever that next step might be which i suppose is to i you know i don't know figuratively sell a soul to the devil or um you know in the in the fiction maybe become part of this shadowy organization the shadowy six-fingered or six-toed organization um sort of but yeah club. again like a yes club it's a very yeah it's a very um human story about your own mortality about feeling as though you've succeeded in becoming something and making something of your life before your time is out of of you know the twilight zone i had all the time in the world kind of concept of a wasted life absolutely you know and then obviously there are some little inklings of um i guess kind of how that omnipotence and that omnipresent <laughs> lifestyle would be reflected on the classic or is reflected by the classic American man in this story as someone who at the beginning of learning that he can accelerate through time, it says he like plays pranks on the women in his life, which it does sound more or less like he's uh, <laughs> doing some uncool type stuff, doing some assault type stuff. Causing causing mischief and mayhem. Yeah, doing some assault type stuff to his female coworker and then eventually 
as he ages, he looks for younger and younger women, which at the time are like a 60 year old woman, an 80 year old woman, these increasingly geriatric women to mature through, I guess, if that makes sense, it goes from from lifting skirts and honking boobs to sitting down for a cup of tea to being sort of an ethereal, you know, Patrick Swayze and ghost kind of romantic partner to this geriatric woman throughout the course of this year, this accelerated, you know, 100 years in the short window of time. I don't know, what did you, I mean, in, in terms of uh, themes and impressions, what do you think about this, uh, this story? Well, the six, the six Fingers of Time is certainly a cautionary tale, and that is, mm-hmm. you know, when the devil offers you uh, treats and earthly delights, uh, one, we must uh, deny yeah. them. And this is, uh, you know, this is sort of a, symbolic symbolic language that i use uh to refer to uh to refer to this rotary club of the pit the six-fingered rotary club right. of, of of geniuses and gifted people da vinci and so forth mm-hmm. da vinci socrates yeah yeah Leonard Leonardo uh, Leonard da Vinci <laughs> Leonard da Vinci uh, yeah. Leonard da and and Socrates yeah Socrates Plateau uh, <laughs> all the usual suspects I would say mm-hmm. uh, Einstein yep Alberto Einstein and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wh- whoever else there is maybe one could even say Oppenheimer. Um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's obviously a cautionary tale towards this, uh, let's call it one dimensional pursuit. I mean, it is, sure. it is also kind of, you know, the science, uh, not the, 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 the oval portrait esque. it's also kind sure. of birthmark by Nathaniel Hawthorne esque. Mm-hmm. it's a bit of a, you know, it's not so much of a horror story as those two. It is more so a twilight zone, right? We're dealing with this conceptual time yeah. and the slowing of time. Losing one's humanity. Losing yeah. one's humanity. Detaching from construct, society. Yeah. Detaching yeah. from society. Exactly. Elevating oneself, you know, some degree of self-actualization, you know, kind of the Nietzschean, the spoke Zarathustra type biz, mm-hmm. these types of things. Yeah. What actually comes of it, uh, you know, these are sort of a mm-hmm. larger scale questions, but distilled into a, a tale about one guy and his journey through uh, length uh, uh, or shortened rather right. time frames. Let me ask you in this. order to gain so much, but by the end, having very little relative to the rest. You know, well, relativity, that's sort okay. of an Einsteinian, Alberto Einsteinian concept, relativity. Ever heard of that? Exactly. No, I mean, let me ask you this in terms of, uh, you know, in, in terms of your own kind of philosophical take on it. At the end, when he's sure. when on his deathbed, he's going to publish his findings. He believes mm-hmm. that he has solved it, whatever it may be, you know, his sure. the, the extra digital concept or, or yeah. you know, the what is a life well spent, everything. The, yeah, the ethereal as, we, it. as we like to call it. Yeah. A life, a life well spent, a lifelong pursuit of knowledge. Do you think 
that those hundred years he spent accumulating knowledge, you know, furthering self-actualization, do you think that that in reality was a life well spent? Or do you think that the ultimate takeaway from this is to focus more on a social contemporary lifestyle of, of being one with society of being of, of uh, achieving humanity and um, a more human experience through uh, a more casual kind of existence. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've always been kind of a, a boatsman in that sense. And that is, you know, the, the, the cardinal, whatever floats your boat type phraseology mm-hmm. is in my, is in my lexicon. And that is in terms of, I use it, whatever floats your boat. So I, I, I suppose as far as my personal philosophy goes, I am, you know, being a statistician, I am certainly, certainly prone to be caught up in mm-hmm. the pursuit of knowledge, uh, knowledge, mm-hmm. the pursuit of the pursuit of wisdom, yeah. you know, the Einsteinian, the Einsteinian concept of, of knowledge and, you know, but in the end, you know, an equation is a line that, you know, we also have to consider in terms of if we're discussing, if we're actually getting into kind of a serious discussion about, let's, let's say, theories or concepts, right, from a, from a more objective, non-subjective, less socially oriented, less creatively oriented, and perhaps more objectively oriented. Right, because that's those are usually the pursuits that require this type of obsession. Okay, and in the in the real world, from what I understand, right, findings, the idea of published findings is a very, very thin uh <clears throat> let's call it it, it it it's stretched very thin as in it reaches two. It's a little insular. Yeah, it's it's extremely insular. Yeah, it's it's almost as if you would do it in a vacuum. Yeah, right. That's yeah, yeah. so that's the thing. And and I guess th- maybe this is this will turn into sort of an advice session. Yeah, or maybe just and like I, a point. Just well, <laughs> OK, I understand that. But that's that's maybe a takeaway that in my experience. Yeah. You know, and and jokes aside, I mean, we're not yeah, going to yeah. get into jobs or occupations or anything. But yeah. jokes aside, no I will say, I will say, no fun. No fun. I will say, <laughs> keep in mind that that which you do from a from a pursuit standpoint, the idea of published findings, and whatever else, that also goes for maybe writing books or news articles or whatever could be yeah. scientific it could also not be scientific but in general you're going to reach maybe two you may as well be doing it in a vacuum yeah no you in know general, what i would i, would, I mean would... this isn't right stephen king could affect a lot of people and this is fiction and whatever well we got a king head over here jeez <laughs> late in I'm the pod saying, to discover steve's a king he's, head he's a very he's a very large scale popular author yeah he's reached many people sure but i mean you know that's fiction that's not necessarily a a finding sort of the pursuit if you would call it and i think those are different research Mm -hmm. you could say and uh these are the types of things that also we have to keep in mind so was it worth it was it a life well spent it depends it depends on how you look at it if you want to actually reach people in terms of 
contact, probably it wasn't. If you want to look at it in terms of maybe productivity, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. Well, Who's okay. To so say? to springboard off that, I think that the the central issue to the story, or not central, excuse me, the secondary issue to the story is that yeah, you're right. It's it it's it's a it's a story about this race against time. It's a very humanist kind of portrayal of this, but it is also about self fulfillment and actualization. And if at some point along his research career for these hundred or so odd years of doing it that had been enough for him then it would have been a life well spent and i think that is kind of the implicit understanding at the end is that he he himself had achieved what he had sought to without the publishing and it it remains a life well spent i think that if you were to take this sort of concept of accelerating through time and put it in the real world it would be a life or even without that just thinking about a life well spent devoting yourself to a pursuit I think it'll only ever be a life well spent and meaningful and self-fulfilling and rewarding in so much as it means whatever it might mean to you. I think that there are plenty of people, like you said, who devote yourself, devote themselves to science with minimal findings, with minimal publishings, with minimal attention, but it is, it is wholly what they want to do. It is what they ideologically believe in staunchly. And it, it is enough. It will always be enough without having to be a workaholic unless that that's, that's that means enough too. I mean, it's hard to say. I think that with creative pursuits, it's a little different because you are creating something that will inevitably have a wider audience. And I think then, it, again, it just comes down to what does it mean to you? And I think that maybe is the tertiary meaning of the story or kind of theme of the story is not just self-fulfillment and actualization, but contextualization. Um, sure. understanding your own actions as they pertain not just to your life, but to a larger catalog of human thought, existence, and creation, um, and your efforts therein. And that's something obviously much bigger than this podcast and too big for us to really wax on, but it's something Absolutely. that I think everyone struggles with. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and I think that's something that a lot of people, when that kind of objective, what's the word I'm looking for? When that, when that, objectivity is eclipsed by your own workload i think you become a little more fixated on just creating or doing and and constantly doing so instead of what the end product actually means to you and that sort of personal or insular subjectivity um, a very like singular creation and i think that's the point of this again i think that's why the implicit takeaway from this story is that he was successful in his life because he's in, in a very singular way a very personal way he had set out what he he had finished what he set out to do it took him yeah, greater than sure. a human lifetime effectively but he did so he avoided the pit he retains his moral yeah. character though again it does there is some implication of him assaulting a, a co-worker and <laughs> on and on and on so moral character what have you but being a peeping tom being a little perv being a pervy little weirdo but being a poiv, yeah, anyway this absolutely. is a little, it's a little bigger than the pod um steve yeah, we but i yeah, go ahead. Last yeah, like, closing just, thoughts. Closing thoughts. Yeah, I just wanted to give a closing thought, and this is in the form of an example relating to maybe some of the questions that this discussion has brought up with respect to the subject matter. And that is, uh, I I have known again not to get in a personal or whatsoever, but I have known people who are who are perfectly, at least seemingly not not necessarily happy people, not necessarily content people perhaps one could describe work workaholics or obsessed or self-obsessed but people that seemingly are, are perfectly fine and happy with affecting 
very little those in their immediate circle, let's call it the first circle, in a pursuit to affect a small fraction of, let's call it the distant circle or the second circle, right? The outer circle, those, those that may, that they may never meet or probably will never meet. And they're perfect. They're perfectly happy to spend their time pursuing uh, uh, the approval of a small fraction of the outer circle Mm -hmm. and effectively ignore the inner circle, those they see every day. Maybe they don't realize that they've become, you know, some sort of a ghostly or husk-like figure to those around them. Uh, But they, they seem to pay no mind to the fact that they are solely interested in the approval of those that they may never meet again in their lives. Yeah. And this is the danger, I would say, of, yeah, let's call it objective study or research or findings or publication or whatever it may be. I mean, it also goes for internet or, uh, yeah. you know, becoming like detrimentally social, online, so, social yeah. media and things like that. And I, I'm, I'm not particularly for that. And that's just me. Yeah. But I, I know people who, who uh, are, are, let's call it, much more caught up in themselves. And that, uh, you know, people aren't stupid, right? The, those in the first circle know that. Those in the first circle can tell. Yeah. Observers know. And that's, uh, you know, that's something to be mindful of and keep, keep, keep aware of just to, just to know and kind of understand, understand who you are and who you want to be with respect to those around you or those farther in the second circle, because you can allocate your pursuits, uh, in a balanced way or an unbalanced way. I think, yeah, a, a big part of that also is just, um, I think we have a tendency, maybe at this point in time, in this, when the story was published, but certainly in the in contemporary society, to depersonalize online to such an extent, not just online, but in, in work, depersonalize to such an extent that it becomes meaningless. True. And given that we also live in a society, in a, in a world that is, you know, where you are going to work, you're, you are constantly creating, you are constantly doing, if that it means nothing to you. Obviously, we don't have any, like, worker you know, real robust worker right in America. So you have this idea that your work is in effect for, for probably 90% of working Americans for nothing. Um, it's, it's for, it's for an ambiguous kind of nebulous, nothing. And, uh, it becomes very easy to spend your life doing something that you couldn't possibly engage in. And I think that's why like hobby, this idea of like, you know, developing for yourself a more robust hobby again, in American society and throughout the world has become so prevalent. And the problem that we face as, as we face for the past about 20 years is that for a lot of people, that robust hobby is posting. It's being online, detrimentally online, becoming the lawnmower man and never getting offline. And something that like Ashley and I have been talking about a lot lately is that thankfully we see more and more people of our age, right. In our, in our age range, um, disengaging online, not, you know, far less, far less like just bickering and like spiteful posting, obsessing, obsessing over the comings and goings of people, just freak shit. And also sure. this better understanding of our place. Cause here, let me put it this way. This is kind of a esoteric example, but I, and hopefully it's not too tangential, but I think that what the internet has really done 
and that sort of depersonalization in this in this example at least has created for us a world in which we have access to every type of person everywhere in the world and since we control our posting we control ourselves and we never <laughs> leave our homes we think ourselves better than the people that we see everywhere else in the world at all times and i think that's bad enough as an act of <clears throat> being this american superpower and and seeing ourselves as better than those in other countries but it's even equally not more but equally detrimental to see ourselves on the west or east coast as better than people in our own country in the midwest and obviously that a lot of that contribution is like uh, political feel this sense of like otherism in america but <clears throat> bringing it back around to the story in terms of like ob objectivity or putting yourself into work and self-actualization a big component of that and something that people are certainly struggling with now is a sense of self as it pertains exclusively to our perception of other people and other people's value other people's output other people's posting ability other people's interests and i think that moving forward the most important thing that we can do is focus one more on our own independent growth and development and maturation, like you're talking about avoiding becoming a husk. It's not even just the first and cir sure. second circle of like who you seek approval from, but rather who you are admonishing in your quest for your own approval, um, which is something yeah, that absolutely. needs to definitely be like seen and considered. Yeah. Anyway, again, this is like too, it's too big for the fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is larger scale, you know, that, and that's kind of why we have to, you know, learn and improve, uh, you know, not being not being one dimensional or not being, you know, the kind of people to work and then and then be sort of online, online exclusively that binary of, of an empty, sure. an empty sure. work life, not just work life, but an empty, you know, sense of creation of working yeah. towards in your own eyes, nothing, even if you yeah. are physically working towards nothing that that recognition, and then going home. And as a as a means of cope, positioning yourself higher in whatever social hierarchy yeah absolutely yeah. and that's something that also re you know reading can mitigate that kind of these uh analog <laughs> mm -hmm. analog hobbies you know reading you know going out going out when it's a sunny day tossing the pig skin you know i know it's tough these days but you know hopefully hopefully we'll get to a point where a couple a couple people can go out and chuck around a baseball yeah. or a football kick around a soccer ball, whatever else there is, you know, yeah. play cards, board games, whatever, whatever it may be. You are right about, these um, are, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, cause I think these are, these really are, you know, kind of useful, not useful. I don't want to act as if they're, as if they're, you know, things we use, but those are activities that promote, uh, understanding, inter communication, understanding, yeah. communication. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, you're right. No, I mean, so, that, and that's it, something that the podcast brings as well as sort of a, well, not pressure. <laughs> no, for us, for us, I mean, oh, sure, kind sure, of yeah. the, maybe the obligation to read, actually think about it, and try and formulate something to say about it is also a little bit of you know mental gymnastic, let's call it, and readings, readings are good for that. No, I agree. Well, it's because it's not just like reading or, or or watching movies or going outside or what have you. It's just that we over the past ten years as a society um, have have really started to devalue art and devalue new voices in art and devalue, um, you know, these, these kind of more complex stories in favor for like the Marvel landscape 
and in literature, you know, whatever is just like a self-help adjacent or, you know, milk sure. and honey adjacent. So I think it is, Perhaps. I think you're right though. I think it actually is equally as important to be, uh, you know, viewing, uh, I, I guess, like, I, who am I to say important film or like reading important books, but things that have value in terms of our perception of ourselves and those around us, ideological value. Um, and then also, yeah, being able to just be a part of society, you know, making a, a concerted effort if you work from home to go to, to Bartels or to your coffee shop or whatever, and just like have a, a, a base one second interaction just to be part of the world. Because in the current landscape where literature is is kind of, again, socially and culturally devalued, and then film is all Marvel and Star Wars and whatever Disney wants to show you, and more and more people are working from home doing meal delivery and doing, you know, whatever else delivery, you become, you become a, what's the word, like a thought leader, a vanguard unto yourself. You cannot absorb the thoughts of other people if you are only ever alone. If you only ever hear yourself, you can't hear anyone else. You become deaf to the world around you. And I think that's the biggest thing plaguing the Western world, at least America, uh, with, again, how like politically um, fractured we've become. Um, and again, that sense of like entitlement or better, you know, wh whatever. But just my little polemic. Yeah. But I mean, no, I think, you're, I think you're right. I think, I think analog media is important, but I also think to just getting offline for enough time to learn someone else's story is really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, Inter interaction. Interaction. Interactive, interactive Understanding. storytelling, interactive cooperative storytelling, and functional art. These are, these functional are things art, that yeah. are, these yeah. are things that are pretty, pretty uh, useful and even like paint, yeah. I mean, visual media, painting, going to them, going to like an art museum and stuff. Again, it's, it's just being able to escape your echo chamber for long enough to look at what someone else's view of the world is. Look at here, read, what have you. Um, and again, yeah, you're right. The podcast has been good for that because there are plenty of things like, <laughs> for example, reading Roger Rabbit, discovering that Gary K. Wolf is a, uh, a a really bitter ideologue who wanted to write his manifesto and couch it in a, a story about a cartoon rabbit. I think Absolutely. it was ultimately extremely good for us in the same way that reading Ultramarine was not too dissimilar in that you get to see at like 19 or 20 years old, Malcolm Lowry being a raging alcoholic, unable to step outside of himself. Um, and these are things that are like really important to understanding just the human experience. To being a to being Absolutely. a human being to understand the suffering and the confusion of others as well as the joy in others. Anyway, absolutely. Um, Kid kidney beans, lima beans, and human beans. I tell you, kidney what. beans, lima beans, human you beans. Could make a chili with those ingredients. Golly. Now for the next thing we read, I got I got a good PDF here of Red Harvest by Dashiell Hammett. If you want to go crazy, I think we can. Uh, I think we can give that a try. Let me double check here. Make sure it's a good it's a good EPUB slash good PDF. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of something that's a. I don't think it's terribly long. I think it's only like 250 pages. But um, oh uh oh oh that's a good PDF. Yeah, so a little more noir, a little more noir. Um, for everyone listening, breaking news, huge news. This is Steve's first time hearing this. This is the end of David Foster Wallace and Gromit. Season two. Wow. Season two. Oh. We will be back. We will be back 
Everyone, whoa, I know, I know. Some people probably threw their damn phone. They they ripped their headphones out. They fucking threw their phone or computer out the window. They said, I'm sick of it. I tell you what, they chucked their orange Dutch flag right out the window or into the fireplace. We will be back. Which you should not do. You should not. We will be back for season three on, let me look at the calendar, on July 5th. Um. Season three is the day. Yeah, July fifth is the day for season three. That is the day for party. season three. Uh, I, at the risk of being too sincere, uh, <laughs> after after talking about the book, and also again talking about a need after for approval. Really, after really getting into it, after really getting into it, and really goofing around. No, at the at the risk of being too sincere, and also as a good segue, talking about you know you're talking about becoming a husk to that first circle and. Uh, and seeking the approval of others. Absolutely, I will That's, be filming my yeah. uh, film, my my debut feature film in the month of June. I had I got the crew and I we booked out all the days. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes, just in terms of people's schedules. Uh, it's going to be like Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Uh, I guess technically we could we could come back on June twenty eighth, but I'm probably going to be editing that week and then editing probably the first few few weeks of July, just to make sure everything's smooth. And um, hopefully, absolutely. And the film is called The Husk, and it's about self-actualization. And Uh (laughs) anyway, anyway, really excited to to work on this. And uh, hopefully I'll have come July when we come back, I'll have like a little trailer that I'll attach in the show notes for one of these episodes. And then for people who are in Seattle, which I know we have a few listeners, we will be doing like a semi-public friends and family screening over at SIF. And then... um, I say semi-public it's not gonna be ticketed but you know just reach out to the the podcast email if you wanted to come if it's like a couple people and then otherwise we'll just kind of see how the festival cycle goes but it's not going to be up on youtube this is going to be like a an actual you know hopefully actual release i doubt it's going to get picked up for any distribution and then i guess once it's run the festival circuit maybe i'll put it up online if people want to be able to watch it but yeah really excited about that and hopefully you guys can forgive us for being gone for a month um you know we just wanted to make sure that we gave you a uh, just a heater, a real absolute banger episode before we disappear. Um, I didn't even know about this for the record. So yeah, this is brand new for Steve. Um, I guess I get a vacation. You get a little vacation off to, off to Greenland. I go. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, you, Chef Jeff, and Gustavo. Oh, right. So for our for our big homecoming for our season three, I need voice memos or calls from Gustavo, Chef Jeff, Damon, Money, Skib. Everyone, maybe everyone we could get maybe we could get some of them actually on air. If we could get a couple people on air, that'd be great. I think for now, yeah, if we could come back, we with might Gustavo, be able to get Gustavo on air. Okay, then that would be for the episode. If we get Gustavo on the reading episode, reading a Brazilian book, reading a Brazilian, well, I well, Machado de Assis. Does he have do you have a PDF of that available? Because we could just do that, we could just say we're going to do that now. Yeah, I mean, we got to discuss that. Okay, so then for now, we're still reading Red Harvest. <laughs> got it um i guess if we come back if we come back in the first episode we're just reading whatever then people can just read whatever with us after the fact um anyway yeah thanks everyone for listening be sure to shoot us an email at davefosterwallsandgrom at gmail.com send us a a little clip of you saying how much you love the show saying a a p4 uh bj and uh choose give us a five-star rating on uh apple Podcasts, spotify subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, and uh we'll see you next time Take it easy, guys.